the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, three characters in the story of today's readings. Moses, first of all. In our first reading, we hear about him going up the mountain to meet God. And then actually he came down again to a rather bad reception because Aaron had made the golden calf in the meantime. And then he went back up again, bringing back new copies of the stone tablets that he started with. When he came down on that occasion, his face shone to the extent that he had to put a veil over it so as not to dazzle the people too much. He'd been speaking with God, so his face shone. That sound familiar? Should do. And then there's Elijah. I don't know how well we know Elijah. We know a few of the stories, certainly. But he was a big part of the people of Israel's religion at the time of Jesus. I'm just going to read another passage of scripture from the Apocrypha this time, in Ecclesiasticus. With a name like that, it's not surprising not many people read it, is it? <coughs> Some indication of what people were thinking about Elijah at the time of Jesus. Chapter 48 of Ecclesiasticus. Then Elijah arose, a prophet like fire, and his word burned like a torch. He brought a famine upon them and by his zeal made them few in number. By the word of the Lord he shut up the heavens and also three times brought down fire. How glorious you were, Elijah, in your wondrous deeds. Whose glory is equal to yours? You raised a corpse from death and from Hades by the word of the Most High. You sent kings down to destruction and famous men from their sickbeds. You heard rebuke at Sinai and judgments of vengeance at Oreb united kings to inflict retribution and prophets to succeed you. You were taken up by a whirlwind of fire and a chariot with horses of fire. At the appointed time, it is written you were destined to calm the wrath of God before it breaks out in fury, to turn the hearts of parents to their children and to restore the tribes of Jacob. Very much someone on whom the people of Israel had their hopes set as they met, as they heard this new man, Jesus, coming among them. And the third character, of course, is Jesus, going up a different mountain, actually a much smaller one, accompanied now by, by just a few of the disciples. And like Moses, his face shone. No veils this time, no tablets of stone. And the disciples saw it and wondered. And no doubt remembered those scriptures which were so important to the people of Israel. Moses 
who is the giver of the law, the ultimate authority. He was actually there. But the light that dazzled them was shining not from him, but from Jesus. Maybe they remember Jesus saying, you've heard it was said to those of ancient times, but I say to you, here was somebody different, somebody new, not somebody who was just under authority, but in authority over all. Well, after the time of Moses, the people had gone on ignoring all the laws that he set out, came Elijah, proclaiming judgment upon kings and queens, calling down fire on the enemies of Israel. He was there too. I don't know how the disciples recognised him. But he too was subservient to Jesus. And the disciples knew not only about his fiery disposition, but of the prophecy about the man who had never died, that he would calm the wrath of God before it breaks out in fury, to turn the hearts of children to their, uh, of parents to their children, and to restore the tribes of Jacob. What they wanted, of course was to have the power that Elijah had to call down fire from heaven upon those that he didn't like. James and John, the sons of thunder, tried that on the Samaritans at one stage. Jesus wasn't having any of it. But what they now knew they were going to get from Jesus was this turning of hearts. And in that way, the restoration of the tribes of Jacob. So Peter, James and John now understood a little better who Jesus was. They'd known that Jesus taught the people, interpreting the law, not afraid to put forward a different interpretation from the, the current one from the Pharisees and the scribes. They now knew he was more than, the, than an interpreter of the law. He was the law, the ultimate authority. And they had known him as a prophet. But the human authority was recognised by all kinds of people, much to the disgust of the Pharisees. They now knew he spoke the words of God himself. Well, Jesus knew that all of that was too much for them to take, to take in at the time. Far too much for human beings to understand, really. So he tells them to keep quiet for the moment until the ultimate proof of who he was. Big fun, who he is. The ultimate proof they were to find in the resurrection.
So what of us? You may be surprised to find that I'm not expecting any of you to turn up in church next week with faces that are shining. Well, that, has, that gift has been given to human beings since the time of Jesus. Don't be surprised if James's face suddenly shines unexpectedly and brightly. <laughs> the challenge for us is not just to believe the story or to believe that it can happen in our lives, but to live out its meaning in our lives. So the question for us is, who is the ultimate authority in our lives? For many, I guess it's the law, as passed by parliament or passed down by judges, or just as taught, by us, but taught to us by our parents, assumed in our society around us. Or perhaps we see it as our individual conscience, whether that's well-informed or ill-informed. Or is it in truth the person of Jesus himself? present in our lives, guiding them by his Holy Spirit. And who do we listen to as prophets in our time? Who are the people who interpret for us the times in which we live? Is it just our immediate circle, whose views we just adopt as our own? Or do we look to experts, the writers of newspaper editorials, or the commentators on radio and television? Or do we in truth know Jesus and hear him speak to us? Just as he went on teaching his disciples after he'd had to wake them up, saying, get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus alone. Is it Jesus alone that our hopes, our prayers, our lives are fixed upon? That's the question we have to answer as we understand more fully the story of the Gospel of Jesus coming not only to those disciples but to us here and now. So let us get up and not be afraid as we stand and rejoice in confessing our faith in the words of the Creed.